Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Okay, the room tone hath been received. Time for a little sound. Checky, check, check. Take me to Keith Rivers, I want to go, go on. Take me to Keith Rivers, I want to know. All right, sound sounds pretty good to me. Here we go. Three, <laughs> two, one. We're back. We sitting here. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History final. Tie game. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Bases loaded. Two out. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stride. Pitch your free throws because they free. Sold 145. Coming hotter at you guys than sold 144. And I'm flanked on my left and on my right by offensive and defensive coordinators Alex Tossman Rock and Nikki Snacks Crider. And we're not alone in the studio, guys, because APU, as per usual, on Thursdays we have a guest. And in the studio today, we have former All American number five recruit in the nation out of high school in 2004. That's right, number five. Count them, okay? And the ninth overall pick in the 2008 NFL draft, we welcome linebacker Keith Rivers into the studio. What's going on, my man? Not too much. Thank you guys for having me. Dude, anytime. And just a quick reminder to everybody else out there, we also brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. I know how big LA is. Toss and Nick know how big LA is. Keith played at USC. He's a Trojan. He definitely knows how big LA is. It is the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. All right, so quick question for you guys out there. Do you believe... So you guys know how we do when we have a guest on the show. We do something called Four Down Territory. All right, Keith? We're going to ask you four questions. Okay, and the last question being the same question for everybody, your favorite sports memory. So just have that in the back of your mind. There we go. Ready to go, all right? All right. And at the end, we'll do a two-minute drill where Toss is going to rapid-fire questions about anything and anything at all at you, and we'll just go from there. So, Nick, you're going to kick us off today. First down, send it to Keith. All right, Keith. So coming out of high school, um, in Florida, you were highly recruited by the University of Florida, number five overall in the recruiting class. What was your mindset going into the whole recruiting process and, and why you picked USC? 
Uh, mindset going in was a little bit different because, uh, you know, it's a lot different than it is now. I mean, it's, you know, when I was coming out, the internet was just kind of first getting started with like rivals and, and we RSC or whatever. Uh, we didn't have MySpace then, did we? Uh, not quite yet. That was so, like freshman year of college. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. So that's where we're at. Just giving everyone a frame of reference. Right. But, um, for me, I just, um, I got some good advice from my high school coach who said, uh, you know, you might want to go to a school in a city that you want to live in because that's where your network's going to be when you get done playing. That's a good head coach right there. That's someone who's looking out for your best interest and keeping you in line, which is, we saw it in a documentary, but one documentary that we love is the Marcus Dupree story. Okay, sure, yeah. Right, and they give him, the people around him give him terrible advice, which is kind of the opposite of what you got right there, and he's looking forward to your career after football. So that's great. So that's a big reason why you chose Los Angeles and USC. Uh, that's a big reason. And also, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, when you get recruited, it's kind of, it's a gut feeling, you know, going to all these places and the pl- the players won't lie to you. You know, you can tell if the players are having a good time, if they like being there. And, uh, and if they like being there, maybe, maybe you will too, if you kind of connect with those guys that they have already on their roster. And I'm sure that legacy of USC definitely helped a lot. I mean, they let you wear number 55, Club 55, you know, huge, huge deal at USC, Junior Seah, you know, Willie McGinnis. I mean, I'm sure that means a lot to you. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, at the same time, I grew up on the East Coast. So I mean, although I was born in California, you know, you don't really get the, the gravity of, of the number because you're not there uh, growing up in Southern California, right. seeing the games, you know, the games are on at 10 o'clock. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for <laughs> when I was sure. Up. Uh, you know, I was watching a lot of Florida, Florida State. But um, no, when you get there, you really understand uh, how big a deal it is and, and how special it is from from guys who are really good on the football team that are currently there whispering like, hey, they, there's a guy that gave 55. And uh, to also just uh, not necessarily doing my best in practice and Lofa Tatupa pulling me to the side and saying, hey, man, the, the fives mean too much. So were you were you a Gator growing up? Uh, no, I kind of really liked Florida State because they had Pete Warwick and, uh, you know, that whole, that whole regime when they were there. And then they won the national championship against Oklahoma, uh, you know, played in the Sugar Bowl. So yeah. it was, uh, I was more of a Florida State fan. But Florida was, you know, I enjoyed watching Florida, watching the Sunshine Network, watching reruns with Jeremy Bates. And <laughs> That's ironic that Pete Warwick and Bo- you were both drafted by the same team. Exactly. That's crazy. Right? Like, look yeah. how it comes full circle. Who was, you mentioned Lofa, but who was the most instrumental player in kind of getting you to come to USC in that sense? Or was it a collective? Um, I think it was a collective, you know. It was just, uh, when I went there, it just felt like home. And then, you know, it doesn't help. It, it doesn't it doesn't hurt this great weather you have in Southern California compared yeah. to Florida with the humidity yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. So. yeah, exactly. And so you get to USC, and this team's already on a crazy winning streak. And then your freshman year, which you were a contributor, by the way. It's not that you're sitting on the bench and, you know, watching these guys do it. You're an active contributor on the defensive front. What was it like being undefeated as a freshman? What was the locker room like? What was the presence like? Did you guys take it game by game? Or did you guys just know going into every game that you were going to mow teams down and that it wasn't going to be close? Uh, We practiced really hard. I mean, our practices were probably harder than our games. Um, You know, you got the top recruits all over the nation practicing against each other, and we were going full pads, and we were really hitting. And um, You know, we talk to guys now, and we talk about the old times, and we'd, we'd rather talk about practice than actual games because that's when the real battles were fought and won. That's crazy that you guys are practicing against each other. I mean, like, that's, I think about it, like, that's what it is. Like, you're going against Leinart and Reggie Bush, and they're going against you and everyone else in the country. You're not going to face better competition than those two guys. Exactly. So, when you came out in the game, you already knew you were going to win. And, you know, going forward to playing in the NFL and talking to guys, and, you know, because we 
pretty much beat everybody and you know talk to them and they're like oh man our, the rest of my guys on my team were scared yeah <laughs> i mean well that mindset of playing yeah. against guys like reggie bush and, and liner you know that any guy that you play against isn't going to live up to the the same talent that reggie had you know i mean reggie was a heisman winner yeah but you go into hit you're in going into your senior year you're leading it's not even like you're a part of you're leading a linebacking group matthews ray malaga Cushing, you got Taylor Mays, Cedric Ellis, who was picked two picks ahead of you in the draft, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Lawrence Jackson, I believe, is a part of that team too, right? Yeah, LJ. L- yeah. Low Jack. Yeah. He, what do you have, 10 sacks, a defensive tackle, something ridiculous like that? Yeah, and you have Everson Griffin. And, and, as a freshman, and, and, as right? As a freshman. That's oh my God. You have uh, Kyle Moore. Uh, I mean, we had a lot of, I mean, if you look at that Texas game, speaking of which, I mean, you look at that game, look how many people got drafted, probably 60 people got drafted, so. Yeah, was, uh, unbelievable. That was like a star-studded game, That and you were a part of the greatest football game, probably of all time. What was that, what was the atmosphere in that one like? Uh, that one was interesting, you know, it was, uh, it was a different feeling than, than playing uh, Oklahoma, um, for whatever reason, but. Um, was there more at stake for you guys, more on the line? No, I just think we took it a little lightly. We just played the Big 12, and, you know, we beat the snot out of Oklahoma, and then, you know, they lost Oklahoma last year, and we're just like, these guys can't be so good. This is kind of my take on it. I think that um, we just underestimated uh, Vince Young. You could tell by the game plan as far as, okay, we're going to stop his feet the first half, and then the second half, you know, he threw the ball. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a a cannon. So, um, you know, it was – I mean, I think it was just kind of a case of underestimation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who was the, who was your favorite coach while there? I mean, obviously you had Ken Norton, who's still a defensive coordinator in the NFL, ironically under Pete Carroll, who's the head coach of the Seahawks. You have both those guys. Um, were they two of your favorite coaches? Was there another coach there that you really connected with? Uh, USC, all the coaches were great, and you know we all had a great time with the coaches, uh, just you know joking around when it's time to play and and uh, you know being serious when it's time to be serious. But uh, all the coaches contributed something special to my career to, to help you know, me get to where I got to and, and all the other players as well. But, uh, you know, I have a relationship with Ken Norton because he was my linebacker coach and really spent the most time with. And uh, Carroll was a, a, is a special coach to play under. And, you know, if you have the opportunity to, you can really learn a lot uh, from him and, you know, how to keep yourself – life lessons and how to keep yourself motivated Man. and how to win forever. Did you ever get that special Pete Carroll butt slap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. Like we asked Nate Boyer the same question. He had played like a one preseason game under, and we watched like a clip, and he got it. And he knew exactly what we were talking about. You run off the field, make a good play. You ever get one of those? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> you have to go back in there and, and and go get one, and then in that case, eventually go to Seattle for one. Um, what's it like going back though as a player? You know, you, as a former All American. You know, what's it like going back to USC? Uh, it's always fun to go back to USC. Uh, it's home. It's where, you know, I spent my formative years and became a man. So uh, it's, uh, it's it's fun to go to USC and, and see your, you know, your plaque on the wall. I mean, when I was first got into USC, Coach O, you do good, you get your picture on that wall next to Junior, Keyshawn, Tebow, and Ronnie. So, you know, and you, Love that. you never thought you would get that, that happen. And to have that happen and, and go back, you know, when if I have kids one day, you know, walking with my kids, like, Here's uh, here's pop. So. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's an amazing feeling, I'm sure. Uh, and then, so could you have gone to the draft as a junior? Uh, I thought about going as a junior, but um, you know, I really I think it's a shame if you go to a university and and don't leave with a degree. So uh, I stayed and got my degree, and I also wanted to do something special, like get on the wall, so become an all American. Were, were there people like in your ear, like advising you to go as a junior at all? That was like, hey, I mean, you want to make money right now, or 
Because I know a lot of players, you know, they they get that. The people in the ear that we just had a, we just had a, had a receiver on the show last week, and he went in as a junior. And he could have probably been the all time leading receiver at Washington State mm-hmm. had he stayed. But people were in his ear, like to go get the money. Not kind of adversely to your head coach in high school, mm-hmm. he had negative people in his ear. Were there people like that? Not not so negative, but trying to hey, go do this, go do that. You should. No, I mean, you know, uh, Carroll did a great job uh, for the most part while he was there, and he had a guy that. Uh, was a GM and kind of talked to guys. Obviously, it didn't make guys stay, but uh, for me, I was, I, you know, to leave early would be fun, but, um, you know, you'll never get a chance to be a kid again, be, you know, play football in college and, you know. Yeah, please, you I keep would. getting older, they stay the same age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, listen, I wake up some days like wishing I was in my college room. Like, I, I go to bed thinking, like, you know what, maybe I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll be back in Austin, Texas in this disgusting room. I, I, would, tra- I would trade it for anything. Uh, <laughs> stay maybe, as long as you can. Stay as long. Yeah, I always tell people, I'm like, stop, fail a class. That's what I'm telling my sister, like, my cousin, fail something. Like, what are you doing? Stop doing so well. There's no point in doing that. You get like four Q drops in college. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Use one of those. What was your one of your favorite games that you've played at USC? Uh, with college, favorite games at USC would have to be uh, against Notre Dame, um, just because it was uh, for me it was kind of a coming out coming out party, and uh, you know, twelve tackles, interception, sack, fumble recovery. So I almost checked off everything in every in every Damn. column. So and was that was that in LA? No, it was in South Bend. Okay. You know, they came out in the blue jerseys and they came back in and threw the green jerseys on and. Uh, they grew the grass really long, you know, crippled you know, a couple of my friends like and Damn. their own team. So Damn. They, that's crazy that they yeah. do that. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So we'll move on to the NFL, right? So you had this amazing second career, down, second down. You mm-hmm. have this amazing career at USC, all American. What's the draft process like? Do you know where you're going to be picked? Do you have some kind of idea? Do you think do you, was Cincinnati even like on the table? Was that like okay? Because I, I got we're looking at it right now. And they're almost like locking guys in the way they do it now because there's so much information on people. Mm-hmm. There's so many mock drafts. There's so many experts, quote unquote. And they're locking. They're like, all right, Nick Bosa is going too. Like, like Ed Oliver is going nine to the Bills and stuff like that. Did you have any idea where you were going? No, I think you know in the top five, you, there's a pretty generally a pretty great idea of where everybody's going. And then if that happens, if something happens, somebody doesn't go, somebody drops, and it shakes everything up. So I mean, the mock drafts are pretty spot on. But you know, if one thing. One thing happens and everything shakes up. But um, I had no idea where I was going to go. Cincinnati was nowhere near my radar. I left my draft meeting with Cincinnati and uh, called my agent. I was like, well, I'm not going to Cincinnati because I just got into a fight with the D coordinator. <laughs> so, really? What happened? Uh, it was just discrepancy over a call. Like, you know, it's like, this is such and such coverage. And uh, he's like, no. I'm like, well, I mean, I, I, th- I did play it. So <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think I know what coverage it was. Um, yeah. And then. Um, so something somebody slips. I think maybe Glenn Dorsey was supposed to go three or something. Yeah, maybe he ends he going five. five to the Chiefs. So, yeah, and then Matt Ryan goes through to the Falcons. Right, because yeah, from my agent's story, I was supposed to go to the Patriots at ten, but so they uh, they had the seventh pick, but they traded to the Saints mm-hmm. uh, for Cedric. Saints, yeah, and they took and we, Cedric, and then we took Mayo. I'm yeah. a Patriots fan, by the way. There you <laughs> I was one pick away from having your jersey as a kid. I had Mayo's. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, so what was it? What was like the hardest part? What are you, some of your highlights in the draft process? Because we're right in the heat of it right now. The sure. draft's next week. There's no, there's no highlights of it. I mean, you're just working out hard, work and, and you know, studying and uh, just hoping and praying that you know you go as high as you can and you go to the, get in the right situation. Were you at, were you in the green room? Or did you watch from home? Uh, I watched from home. Uh, I got invited to go, but I mean, even if you're at the ninth pick, that's three hours. Yeah, it's like the waiting game is crazy. So, What's like the waiting game at home like even? That's fine. You're just everybody sitting around, and uh, I mean, it wasn't you know, th- 
ninth pick, so it wasn't much of a wait, but it was still again three, <laughs> three hours. So you just uh, you just watch it, and you know things happen. And you're like, ah, oh, what's going to happen now? But it's. I mean, I, if you know you're going to get drafted, it's not so bad. I don't know about you, but I feel like the call that comes into your phone at your own home with all your family and all your friends has got to be like so much more rewarding than getting the call like in the green room because you're you know surrounded by maybe like three people. But like if you have your closest friends and family that are just looking at your phone with you, that you get that call, it's probably amazing. Um, somewhat, but I mean, you don't really get to enjoy it. Uh, I mean, I guess you could, but you know, for me. I got that call, and then it's like, okay, I'm on the phone with the media. Uh, two so two seconds later, oh, wow. and now it's on, I'm on the phone for an hour, so you don't really get to enjoy it. Everybody leaves. You're like, oh, well, it happened. And yeah, <laughs> so what, you come back, and everybody's gone. What time did you like? What time do you even get to go to bed that night? Like, yeah, because I have like the next morning and go to the city and yeah. you know, help with the jersey and whatnot. So, um, yeah, but it was early, so you know, yeah, <laughs> you drafted early. So, do you get if you're not at the draft? Do you still? Do they give you the draft hat? Yeah, so um, who's ever the league sponsor of the jerseys for everybody that they know is going to be on video, they uh, they bring thirty two hats. Yeah, so that's great. When you woke up that morning, what hat did you think you're going to be wearing? Uh, I thought I was going to the Saints. I met with the Saints twice. Uh, I met with them yeah, during the Senior Bowl, and then I think I met with them uh, before my pro day. So I thought for sure I was going to the Saints. What what, what point were you like? Oh my God, I'm an NFL player. What was it? When did it become the most real for you? I think as soon as you get to the you know get to the facility, so you go back to school for a little bit, and uh, hopefully you graduate, and, <laughs> and then uh, you know two days later you're at work. So you were walk. So you had gone to the facilities and gone back, and you're going to class. Yeah. What's that like walking around class as an NFL player now? No longer, <laughs> you don't longer play for USC. You play for the Bengals, baby. Uh, I was taking two classes of economics, so I don't think very many people care so much about football. Yeah. <laughs> <in their> economics. <laughs> I've been freaking out. I know, like, damn, damn, this guy got drafted. Everyone's down, their head in the books, like not even like looking at him, just focusing on the professor. That's great, though. And uh, where, do you live? In, you lived in Cincinnati, or did you have a place there and you just have like, an apartment there? Yeah, I just had an apartment there. Um, great advice. Uh, focus on being a good football player and not focus on like uh, window treatments for your new house and you know de- trying to decorate your new house. Just uh, uh, just go play football and you know do the best you can. And- Was that enticing when you get there? You get this contract. This is no like rookie scale. This is no like okay, we have structured contracts. They're just gonna pay you how they want to pay you. And the guys like early on, like right before, right after Bradford was drafted, they pretty much changed the rule mm-hmm. when he got a boatload of money. Is there is a temptation there almost, or for some players, or for you, is it tough when you're like you're because you're a college kid, and then you're throwing this massive contract? Is it where you're like, okay, I'm gonna save this? I think temptation is tough for everybody. Uh, for me, I you know I, um, my dad gave me a, a bit of financial literacy, so. Uh, you know, I was able to, you know, think a little bit smarter about things, but it's always, I mean, it doesn't matter. You're a 22 year old kid, there's temptations and, you know, you're getting money like it's a, the Monopoly game. So yeah, like, all of a sudden that car looks nice and that watch looks yeah, and, and you can do it. And like, there's nobody to tell you, no, you shouldn't do it. So, uh, it can be, it can, you know, it can be tough, but I think, you know, you just have to use the same discipline that you use as, you know, to get you to become a football player. Mm-hmm. Because um, you know, once they once st- once the checks stop coming, they don't <laughs> they don't come in, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. bills just come up. <laughs> it's not like you're an actor where like you stop you residuals, working, right? Yeah, yeah. Stop, you don't work on Seinfeld anymore. Oh, you still get residuals. And you're making money like from it. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. Your game highlight field. They don't. You know, throw you money for that. Money right. is an understatement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Um, Cincinnati though, what was it like playing there? 
and then versus playing in New York. Uh, Cincinnati was interesting. It was um, cold. I'm guessing it, it was cold, and we had no <laughs> we had no indoor facility. Uh, really? So, yeah, we practice outside every day, and if it was too cold, we practice in the in the stadium. Does that change it for you? Like, because we see a lot of warm weather players go to play in the cold. Is that like a massive factor? At that point, you're just at, you're a football player, and you're used to it. Yeah, it's. I mean, you're. Um, you know. You're getting paid. You're getting paid. <laughs> you're getting, you you're getting paid, and you're tough as nails. No, it's never fun, but you know it's cold out. Like spraying the water bottle in your jersey and seeing an icicle—that's you know—it's not fun. But uh, yeah, you, you got to do what you got to do. Mm. What was like? What was the move like to New York? Uh, move to New York was great. It was easy. It was um, you know I got the call because uh, I had I didn't want to, I didn't really want to go back to Cincinnati because uh, they misdiagnosed me on a wrist surgery and uh, I almost. Um, was you know never going to be able to play again? So um, really, yeah. So I kind of got myself traded. Uh, you know, I had my agent get me traded, and I was fortunately it was from to New York. I was coming back from Italy, and uh, and I got the call. They picked me up at the airport and took me to the Lowe's hotel, and I signed the contract the next day to uh, to be traded to the Giants. That's awesome, man. What was it like playing for the Coughlin? Uh, Coughlin was great. It was uh, the opposite end of uh, Pete Carroll, so it was like. Pete Carroll was on the the fun the fun and <laughs> Tom Coughlin was on the the extreme of being five minutes early and I, I like both I think uh, the disciplinarian was great because you knew what you were gonna get and then uh, you know I like playing for Carroll just because he maximized the amount of fun you could have. It's like the fun uncle wearing the Tommy Bahama shirt versus <laughs> like grandpa sitting in the corner turns the lights on when you walk in two minutes late in the door right. kind of situation. And your head coach obviously was Marvin, was Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati. Yeah, where does he fall on that scale? Uh, Marvin, uh, Marvin's a nice guy. Uh, just interesting guy. Like, I mean, um, no, no, no real beef with Marvin, but, um, you know, I, I enjoyed playing for, maybe he was there a year too long <laughs> in Cincinnati. That's interesting. I think we can all agree. I on think that. we can all agree on that one right there. Um, but yeah, then we'll kick it on to third down. You go to New York and you kind of end there in New York, right? That's kind of your last days as a starter. You go to Dallas for a bit. No, I go to Buffalo. Buffalo. So right, I go sorry. to Buffalo and, uh, I start there and I get benched in Buffalo. <laughs> um, you never really got any breaks with good weather at all. I know, right? <laughs> New <laughs> yeah, York, Buffalo, but New York was fun. Like New York was great. Like I will take that cold weather, like because you have a city, a real city you're living in. Yeah. Not that Cincinnati is not a real city, but and yeah. you signed a two-year deal with Buffalo, right? I signed a two-year deal with Buffalo. Yeah. Okay, and you're playing there. You get benched. And at what point does that start to be okay? Like you starting to move past football in a sense from there, or are you still? Um, I mean, I kind of going into like year five. I was like. You know, uh, doing internships and uh, just doing things. Not that, you know, because I was a starter, you know, going in, in New York for two years. Technically, you know, I was playing a lot in New York. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, for me, like, my interest started to shift. So it's kind of, you know, you had exposure to other things. My interest was always shifting. And so. I'm sure it's a tough career to be in. If you're not 100% into football, yeah, then it's tough to be like a starting player in the NFL. It can be, yeah. For me, I was, uh, you know, very talented and able to do that. And, um, you know, I had enough into it. Like, you know, I had enough invested into it. I worked very hard. But uh, going into, like, after being in Buffalo, like, that's kind of why, you know, one another reason why I didn't do um, Dallas. I just wasn't, you know, I just wasn't so into it anymore. You know, you'd be in a locker room, like, at the point, I'm, like, 30 years old, and then you have these kids who are coming in or, like, born, you know, sorry, <laughs> in the 90s. So it's, yeah. like, a different, it's just... It's just you're good, man. Don't and, worry. And the and then the ball. The, so when I came in, the NFL kind of shifted from the, the kind of football that was being played from you know 21 personnel to this is going straight 11 personnel, and so it was just uh, for me. I just 
was, and it was just no longer fun. I was like, I'm 30. I'm getting yelled at like I'm a little kid still. <laughs> yeah, and you kind of want to move past that. No. Hey, listen, don't we, we take no offense. I mean, we had Ryan Leaf on the show, and he we were barely alive when he was drafted. I watched you get drafted, so we're cool. We're chilling. I was 14, man. We're good to go there. <laughs> just kind of segue into third down here, and and we know your other interest is art. Yeah. Um, and I think that that if we if you just talk a little bit about like when that came about, and I'm sure that New York being in that city cultivated it even more. Um, but as far as I know, it, it was before then, right? It was in college and, and even in high school that... No, not even really college, but it was, uh, we're at my, like 2009, a chick that I liked was, uh, she was fired from a job. I was like, let's go to New York. We went to New York. She took me to an Oldenburg show on the sixth floor of MoMA and, uh, explained to me contemporary art and, um, you know, cause it's about, it's not necessarily about the object. It's like, you know, the ob- object is a vehicle for the idea. So I got curious and then in... You know, yada yada yada. I watched a movie called Art of the Steel about the Barnes collection in, in Philadelphia, and and I wanted to be Barnes. That's really cool. And had you ever like dabbled in like a drawing class or like a painting class or anything like that in or in any knowledge that like you were like artistically inclined or or uh, had that just kind of that thing that not, artists have or that eye that that people appreciate? Uh, not really. I think. Um, you know, a girlfriend of mine in high school was in photography class, so she would take me around, like pull me out of class and we'd take photos or mm-hmm. go on dates with Lake Eola <laughs> take photos. <laughs> so that, uh, she was kind of the only catalyst to, yeah. you know, maybe that outside of uh, going. But you were the model in that case. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that's really cool. I mean, I th- we talk to a lot of athletes on our show about what life for them is like after football or baseball or basketball, or whatever it is, and, and how structured your life is when you're a professional athlete. Yeah. Um, and how that, when you're out of that system, like you have to come up with who you are and, and what you want to do with, with your life. And I think, um, for you, it seems like it was a very natural transition. Um, and I, I think that that's, that's really cool to us. And as actors, like that's what we've been doing this entire time. And, and, and you know, luckily, I guess it's kind of a luck that we, uh, weren't sick athletes and that we didn't have to have that decision to be made. Um, that's kind of sick, but <laughs> Y'all were good athletes. I mean, you were Nick played college football. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna be an all American like no, getting drafted. No. But like, you didn't have to stop playing sports when you were in the seventh grade. That's like, true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that's the way I think about it. You know, I just um, no different than anybody else. I just got to play. I just got to be a kid a little bit longer. Yeah, that's true, man. Right there. Definitely. Any artists that really inspire you or that you've um, that you've you know take a liking to? Um, I'll get diarrhea of the mouth if you go into art. No, dude. <laughs> no. no, please no. Right. Go um, for it. Go no, for there's, it. there's a ton. There's. Uh, I, I believe art has the ability to change the way you look at things. And if you look at things differently, it has the ability to change your life. So uh, I really believe in art and its cultural significance and what it can do uh, in the lives of people. So um, I just think that anybody who you know has any inclination should go to museums and check out art and, and, and d- dig further and investigate. Because uh, a lot of these artists are working through the same ideas that you may be going through or thinking. So, What are some of your favorite art galleries around the world that you've been to? Uh, art galleries around the world. Um, museum shows. Museum shows. So the Soul of a Nation show that was at the Tate in 2017 uh, is now at the Broad Museum. And that's, uh, that's a beautiful show. Um, it's dealing with, um, it's act- it's dealing with um, kind of the civil rights movement and how artists took to it in the, uh, in the 60s. Um, uh, there's just, I mean, there's, I, I see a lot of art, so there's a yeah. ton of shows. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to curate your own show eventually? Is that like the end goal or do you have an end goal or are you just kind of along for the ride for this one? Um, you know, uh, when I was a kid, I started playing football because I was passionate about it. So uh, now I look at art because I'm passionate about it and uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I like that because football is like an end goal. Mm-hmm. It's like going to the NFL. I mean, was there like a point where you like, okay, I'm going to the NFL? 
Well, I mean, for me, I think, you know, and a lot of people, um, you're just having fun. And it's like, you know, I happen to be really good at this. And for me, I was always very unassuming. So uh, NFL is always in the back of my mind, but in the front of my mind is always like, you know, I just want to get, I just want to get better every day. That's good. Yeah, I guess you, there's only in the amount you can learn about art. There's kind of no end goal. Yeah, so there's, there's no, no end goal. There's always new artists. There's always, yeah. yeah and there's, I mean, I mean, you can have a PhD, and you know, there's, and I might know an artist that somebody who has a PhD doesn't. So it's like it, you know, and I have no idea about so much of our history. So it has, there's no end game, and you know, I think that's what's great. It's like it's like it's a like like uh, it's like a lifelong sport. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> CTE's acting up. <laughs> 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 that might be the quote of the show, dude, of all four, 145. Um, move on to fourth down. Now, your favorite sports memory. Um, favorite sports memory? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot. You know, I, I, was, able to, I was blessed to be uh, really good at football. So, um, It could be something you saw. It could be something you were in. It doesn't have to be just around you. Um. I don't know. I think I, I wouldn't really say one specific moment, but I think the the best sports moment is when you uh, you know you have a great locker room and you you uh, you build memories and uh, relationships with guys for life. Who's the funniest guy you've ever had in the locker room? Uh, there's a guy at USC named Lee Webb. Um, literally, he should be a comedian. I don't know. I mean, he, I think he does a little acting, but uh, he really should have a stand up special. He would kill you guys. He would kill us. He killed. Uh, he killed um, Kevin Hart and. Um, What's his name? Uh, I forget. Gary Owen. Like, okay. So they did a, like they did a little bit for us before the Rose Bowl or before one of the bowl games, and Lee Webb uh, heckled them and got you know got the got the whole crowd laughing. So. <laughs> That's a, what a savage is the heckling Kevin Hart before the Rose Bowl. Yeah. That's great right there. I mean, you always look to the guys who can make the coaches laugh. Right. Like that's how you know they're really funny. I mean, the guy. So Kevin Hart comes up and you know, uh, but. Why, before he was getting announced, um, Gary Owen was forgetting because he was a bigger star at the time. Gary Owen was, and he was forgetting what uh, what uh, Kevin Hart's name was or what movies <laughs> he had been in. And Kevin Hart walks up, and Lee Webb goes, "Honey, I shrunk the kids." Oh <laughs> so. That's savage, and he's like literally half the size of you guys. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how big? What did Lee Webb play? Uh, he played fullback. Oh, so he's a beast. Yeah, he's a monster of a man. He I mean, separated my shoulder. Oh, in practice? What, what, what? As a joke, though, right? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> was, the wrist, was the wrist injury the worst one you had, if I may ask? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, I, tore, I mean, you know, I had a lot. so I was, it, But I tore two ligaments in my wrist and, you know, missed, uh, missed the whole season. So. Damn. That's on your right hand. Are you right-handed? Yeah. Okay. Is, is that something that, you know, comes into your mind, like, as you're playing deep deeper in the years that you were in the NFL and, and you're starting to figure out that you really <clears throat> like art and stuff like that? Is that in your head, too? Or it's like, I have to take care of my body, too? Um, and just like the longevity of my life, you know. I mean, that's I mean, like while you're playing, that's not really something you can necessarily think about because yeah. I mean, you got a you know, reckless abandon with your body. But um, I think you know when you get done, you start to think about you know how much damage you've done to your body, and you start to feel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to get up in the morning, but I can't even imagine. Yeah. So. <laughs> say you know i'm like ah damn why's my back like, i ran six miles <laughs> and you're like getting hit every day and hitting people every day like a heat sinking missile you had a nickname in college too what was it again uh my coach called me the shark but yeah that's like that's the it gives you an idea what kind of player you were um but great stuff man uh, and then i think we'll move on to two minute drill yeah. toss ready to kick it off with them yeah. rapid fire baby one word answers just do you one word answers if you want to expand in any way you can All right. um but if you don't that's good too all right, your favorite defensive player in this year's NFL draft? 
Come on, I don't watch football. <laughs> so no one. No. <laughs> they all suck. <laughs> to interrupt the two-minute joke, I'm calling a timeout here. Is it, when did you stop watching? You know, uh, when I stopped watching, um, I don't know. I stopped watching TV for the most part. Really? Uh, yeah, I think I just. I mean, if I do, I maybe watch the news, but I don't really watch TV so much. All right, good to know. Maybe we should just stop watching TV. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, will you like catch a USC game every every now and then? Like, do you still go to the games and watch? I go here and there. But yeah, I watch USC, and then, then you know here and there, like if there's like a big game and people are like, oh, what are you doing for the game? You know, I'll pop in and hang out for the game. But um, yeah, I don't really watch so much. Nice. Well, then <laughs> take this next question as you uh, want. <laughs> but I, I do keep up a little. Okay. Bit, so. Okay. Uh, we're running a three-four defense. Yeah. Who's the dream linebacking core? Who's a dream linebacking corner three four defense? Um, I want Lawrence Taylor off the edge. Uh, who else do I want off the edge? Um, um, I don't know. Maybe James Harrison. I don't know. Ooh. Uh, inside. It's a beast. Maybe give me. Uh, it depends. Well, it all depends. Like, so what era of football are we playing? Because if we want somebody who can cover, then I mean, we're talking two different things. Or do we want people who are gonna smash full, smash my football? Yeah, well, let's see. some guys that can cover. Some guys that can cover the guys running backs out of the backfield, slot guys if they need to. Okay, so on my inside, maybe the guy from the Rams. That he wasn't that too bad. And then there's a I forget, I, 45 from uh, Falcons. Uh, Deion Jones. Deion Jones. He covers. Yeah. All right, outside of the football territory now. <laughs> Favorite restaurant in LA. Oh man. Um, Let's say uh, Giorgio's. Giorgio's? Yeah, by the beach. Favorite restaurant in New York? Favorite restaurant in New York. Huh. That's tough. We've got a lot of New York listeners. I so. know, right? The New York, um, La Artusi, maybe. And La Artusi or Giorgio's? Which one wins? Uh, Giorgio's, for sure. Hands okay. down. Favorite sports hero growing up? Uh, favorite sports hero growing up? Um, there was a bunch. You know, at, some, at one point, I loved Derek Brooks. At one point, I loved uh, Erlacher. Um you know, Barry said, you know, just this goes on. Mm-hmm. MJ or LeBron? Um, six zero, Mike Jordan. So, <laughs> wow. Josh and I have a running argument that who's better, and I'm MJ, he's LeBron. So that what's our count like right now that. for guests? I don't know. Almost every guest has said MJ, though. I think so. I think you're right. All right, most important position in football. Um, I mean, I'm a linebacker, so I like to say linebacker because you can control two phases of the game. You yeah. control uh, defense because you get everybody lined up and you call the plays and then special teams. Love that. I like that. Nate Boyer said deep snapper. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite pump-up song? You're about to play right before the game in the locker room. What are you bumping? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's got, it's got to be recent, right? Like, it's, so it's... No, it's it whatever well, you me, want. Me, oh, oh like, okay, okay. You want something recent, something you haven't listened to too much because, you know, my music takes you to different places. So, yeah. So I don't know. So I don't know. It has to be... So, I, I don't even listen so much. <laughs> I'm talking <laughs> about French, so I don't... <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, favorite teammate? Uh, favorite teammate? Um, I have a lot throughout the years, but uh, I guess uh, Frosty Rucker, since I played with him through college and first couple years in Cincinnati. Okay. Go-to karaoke song? Um, Killers, Mr. Brightside. Nice. Wow. Nice. Or Johnny Cash. Walk, which one? Ring, Ring Fire? Ring Fire. Yeah. Also a good one. Favorite piece of art right now or that you've most recently seen? Um, I guess nothing like right now that I've recently seen, but I do love uh, Jeff, Jeff Koons' Equilibrium. Uh, if you read the tape right up, that'll be why. But because um, I know like Jeff Koons is very commercial, but this this work that he did in his early earlier years was really good. Cool. 
guilty well you don't watch tv do you, <laughs> do you have a guilty pleasure tv show do you ever watch tv i, I do watch tv but i don't i don't watch on a consistent basis uh whatever i a tv show that i've watched recently that i liked um uh there was one uh it's about a heist what's it called uh I can't even remember. So, <laughs> heist TV show. Right. I kind of want to know. I love heist shows. <laughs> it's on Netflix. It was like okay. Yeah. I'll do some scavenging. Yeah. One celebrity to be a uh, presidential candidate. Who would you pick? <laughs> can we can we leave this nightmare already? <laughs> we'll give you some. People have said Charles Barkley, Dwayne Johnson. Um, those have been some ones we've had so far, just as a good basis. Okay. We um, believe me, we all want to leave the night. Everyone wants to leave. No one wants to be in this nightmare anymore. But if we're uh, in the nightmare, I want David Palmer. At least he's had some experience from uh, Twenty Four. Fair enough. <laughs> That's a great one. Okay, we have to ask this because our buddy Bron is making us Bron H. Because I don't want to try and pronounce his last he's name. He's in stamp. Yeah. Your favorite USC frat party? Um, and explain it. Mustachio Bashio, uh, you uh, before you before we everybody would go out to the 901 Club, which is uh, the local bar at USC. You had to drink a red Solo cup full of Jack Daniels, and there was trash cans everywhere. And then you wore a mustache and go to the uh, go to the the bar. So. Got it. Nice. Was this something that like in anticipation of the party, a lot of people would actually grow a mustache? Some people would, yeah. Yeah. I think that before you took your plaque picture or something, on, I think they would do it before that picture. So yeah, hopefully Bronton, because I feel like. <laughs> That blonde, like, mustache. It looked not very good. Hulk Hogan. (laughs) (laughs) All right, last question. If you could have one artist paint a picture of you sacking a QB, who would you pick to paint it, and who would you pick to be sacking? Um, Well, I don't really (laughs) want a football work. (laughs) uh, If you had to, we're making you answer. um, So since I I did sack Philip Rivers, I'd say Rivers are Rivers. (laughs) So I'd take a Philip Rivers, uh, and I would have um, who would I have do that? I would have uh, I would have Jonas Wood do it because he paints a lot of sports players. Right. That's awesome. Nick's a Nick's a big Chargers fan, so that <laughs> yeah, I am. I, I love that. You know. <laughs> yeah, at least, at least Rivers on Rivers. At least, yeah, at least he's getting mentioned in the show. Philip <laughs> Rivers, anything to get him in there. Uh, <laughs> Keith, man, thank you so much for joining and talking with us, baby. We really appreciate it. And to the fans out there, drag both feet inbound, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt. If you tie, go woods and hit your free throws, guys. Why? Because they're free. We out you. We love you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.